don't listen to it. <laughs> don't fucking use my bar against me, you fucking cunt. I was just thinking, you wore my shirt, you cunt. <laughs> Is that Sean Kemp? Yeah. Fucking burn it, man. Disrespect. <laughs> I know nothing about him. Don't know who he is. Yeah, let's do it for the look. I don't like it. Will Smith. Got it off the Adidas shop for oh a jersey. I'll buy that. Yeah. Don't care about Sean Kemp. Kick his fucking head in. Yeah. You thought he was Ross. You thought he was Ross Kemp. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember when he was going out with that? Remember when he was going out with that mixed race bird and he found out she was a pros. <laughs> What is, it? is that a storyline or a real life? Yeah, Greg in 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 EastEnders, he, in EastEnders, Grant Mitchell was going out of a mixed race girl, and uh, he found out she was used to be a brass on and, the game. Uh, yeah, 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 and then uh, they was in the Queen Vic, and it was the big showdown because the big showdown always happens in the Queen Vic, doesn't it? And uh, he looked her in the face, and you remember he used to do that wide eyed thing, he used to go really wide eyed to cry, and he looked her in the face, and he went, "You make me sick." Oh. <laughs> Did he did he say whore? He said whore. Back in the day, you could get away with swearing on the telly, you know. Wow, I guess the type of swear word or like the type of cuss. I mean, I don't want to go down the like um, too political, but, you know, feminists have got a point. Like, why can you say whore and bitch? That's fine. But if you say dick, then people will lose their mind. Just just saying Uh, this is the Notorious P.O.D. We are back. We are back which is why uh, a hip-hop episode starts by talking about Ross Kemp's relationships with prostitutes uh, and basketball jerseys. That's just the way we roll. It's just, I did it's not like, know he was recording. I did not know that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's why I did it. But luckily, luckily, he didn't say anything. I mean, you say a lot worse when you know we are recording, so I don't know why you're complaining now. That's, you know, chill out. Uh, we have got uh, Callum up in this bitch. What's up, son? All right. All right. It's been a minute. It's been a while. It's been a while. We've been enjoying the summer, enjoying the Euros, but now we're we're back. We've put that firmly behind us. And we got motherfucking felonious filth up in this bitch. Yes, yes, yes. Feels like um I almost forgot I to put my stuff together. You know, the old microphone and the chair and <laughs> you know, no idea. But no, it's been it's it's good to be back. Um today, um well yesterday I had my garden leveled. And today, and today we had a quote to get it turfed, which is eye watering. But um, I'm really excited. It's a very big garden, so it's going to be dope. Nice. Is this like is this like a new passion project? You're going to be one of these like geezers who are always banging on about his garden now? Or do we have to be prepared for I, that? Or? I will be. I won't be lifting a fucking finger. Be paying people <laughs> to do it. That's why. <laughs> yes, that's my tried, sort of vibe. I tried to help once, and I was out of action for a week of hay fever and asthma. So since then, <laughs> anything to do with the garden, pay someone else to do that shit. Yeah, I um, I actually got a funny story about that. I, we, me and Ree, basically, uh, my missus, we rented a house before we, we were in the one we're in now that we bought. And uh, they basically, the owners, they were lovely people. It was a really nice flat, but the garden was the only bit they hadn't like, renovated. So they were like, look, between the lines, if you want to do anything to the garden, do what you like. Um, just let us know like how much it costs you for the supplies and we'll reimburse you. But if you want to like do the work for us, we'd really appreciate it. You can enjoy the garden. We'll pay for the supplies. Win-win. What they didn't factor into is that I am absolutely fucking useless with my hands. My old man built like a two-story garage for two cars with running water and electricity, like basically with him and a couple of lads. And I can like barely like undo a big pen and write with it. Like I'm useless. And we decided we were going to get it turfed. And so the, the turfers came in, they laid it. And there's a certain process of like watering it and then like cutting it and then watering it and all this sort of shit, right? And basically, they laid it, and I, I can't remember what the what the order was, but essentially, 
you had to cut it at a certain point, but it'd been fucking raining. So I was like, do I still cut it? Like, I don't know what to do. So I thought, I'll tell you what I'll do. What would be better than using a lawnmower is I'll use a fly mow because then it won't dig it up. It will just trim the top. But not if you sort of point it too close. It just fucking <laughs> mashes it up. Like, like just completely <laughs> mashed it up. And the more I was trying to salvage it, the worse it was making it. And so I basically just fucking mauled it. And it ended up just being like a mud heap by the end of it. Uh, and resaw it and just absolutely lost her shit. And that was probably the worst argument we've ever had. Because I was trying to explain to her, it said cut it. So what do you want me to do? Not cut it. And then you have gone mad because I didn't cut it. Yeah. Oh, so T, you got that all to look forward to, mate. It's gonna be, um, it's gonna be a real joy. So it's, it's mad, you know. That I, I, you know, we are free proper geezers, but none of us are any good at like DIY or, you know, or good of our hands. And oh, you know, yes. yeah. And I remember being in this like training session with this police officer, and he was talking about fences and trying to like protect your property from being burgled and he kept like looking at me when he was making like technical references like he kept saying you know no and he goes you know what i mean i'm thinking what the fuck are you talking about at one point he goes you know you just put a bit of trellising on your fence and i haven't i had until that point i had no <laughs> idea what trellising was and i really wanted to just say to him mate the only thing i can do with my hands is take you in the car park and give you a right seeing to <laughs> oh god <laughs> just other than that don't ask me anything about DIY. It's fucking not for me. Not it's for like, me at all. I'm, I'm getting flashbacks now because my dad used to have me write out um, invoices for stuff he had to order. Mm. And I just never heard of this stuff. Like, what was it? Bitumen? What the fuck is that? Yeah. This is so hip hop. <laughs> this, this is so hip hop. Yeah. It's bit bitumen and hose, mate. That's how we, that's how we roll. <laughs> Yeah, fucking hell. I mean, yeah, all that sort of shit. It's just, it's not for me, which is, um, yeah, which is just one of those things, isn't it? Who cares? Um, right. We've been away for a while. Um, not, to be honest, not loads has happened in hip hop. But then all of a sudden this week, quite a few bits and pieces happened. So we will get into Kanye West, new album dropping. I feel like that's always a big event. We can talk about, are we excited? Are we not? What's it going to be about? All that shit. Uh, quite cool the way it's just kind of dropped as well. The advert with uh, Shikari and like, all this stuff is quite interesting. Uh, we're going to talk about Dipset and Locks. Talk about that. Another verse is coming up. But before we get into that, we had untold, and I mean untold messages going, when are you back? Because where the fuck is Cal's review of motherfucking Lloyd Banks? And I was like, People want to hear this shit, you know. People actually do care, A, about Lloyd Banks, and B, hearing how describe it as better than Illmatic. That's what they're waiting for. Let's be honest. That's what they're waiting for. So without further ado, I would like to pass this over to part one. This is the Street Report, the latest in the world of hip-hop. It's not that, it's not that recent, let's be honest, but this is the, the up-to-date review from Cal on Lloyd Banks' uh, latest album. So, Cal, the floor is yours, my friend. Give us, give us it. It's. Uh, I think the first thing to say is... I've been a little bit pissed off because I was thinking, oh, John times us times our summer break just after Lloyd Banks comes out. Oh, let's wait for the buzz to die down. Ooh, ooh, let's wait for the buzz to die down and no one will care. Problem being, John, is people fucking care because I, I'm not exaggerating when I say that Lloyd Banks has created the greatest album of all time. Um, <laughs> and it's going to be hoovering up Grammys like nobody's business. Everyone was like, oh, give Gibbs the Grammy. Fuck Gibbs. It's all about Lloyd Banks now. And it's still in my rotation. I'm still listening to it. Bit long. Bit long. Little bit samey. 
But I really liked it. And to be honest, I'll be genuinely honest with all the people at home. I didn't have high expectations for it, to be honest. I just thought, oh, it'd be all right. But you know what? I actually really liked it. And he's not on a major label. He use he doesn't use big name producers. He'll just say, email, email me your beats. And he gets that gets his beats that way. He's got really good guests on it. He's got Ransom, Benny the Butcher. He's got all sorts of good guests on it as well. And there's the secret Freddie Gibbs track. That was nice, wasn't it? The secret. He didn't even advertise the Freddie Gibbs track. And I was just listening to him. I thought, oh, yeah, this is all right so far. And then Gibbs just pops up. I was like, fucking go on. It's like John Cena when he came out the other night. Money in the bank. He's like, whoa, fucking hell. John Cena's here. Like, it's like, what the fuck? But no one um, saw. No one saw John Cena, mate. Yeah. yeah, I know, I know, right? I know. That's Gerald, the commentator, had actually did a really funny line. Somebody said, John Cena's here! And he went, where? <laughs> 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 yeah. But, oh, uh, wrestling, best sport in the world. Um, but yeah, do you know what? I was actually genuinely really happy with it. Like I said, a little bit long and a little bit samey in terms of the of the lyrical content and the subject matter. Um, but you know what? I was really, really pleased with it. He did a really good job. Great. And now now give me the um like out of five mic score. Let's like and, and do it when it was proper, when five mics fucking meant something. Where does that actually rank on that? Scale? Seventeen. <laughs> Imagine that. He gets Nas's mics as well. He has to Nas he has, takes his and he takes JT's mics as well. Um <laughs> Yeah, do you know what? It's it's a good question actually, John, because I'm thinking about, you remember the first time we, we, we recorded and I brought all the magazines with me. And you think about how the micing system was in the early 2000s and they were giving everything a four. Like, everything was a four. Um, I remember Benzino gave his own album a four and a half. Um, <laughs> so it was oh, the Made Men album. Um, what would I, I probably would give it a solid four, you know. Probably give it a solid four out of five. That's what I'd say. Wow. Wow, that's high, bro. It's very high. Yeah. Okay, T, have you have you listened to this masterpiece? Yeah, um, I mean you can put it to Illmatic, but I think Genesis is better than that entire album. <laughs> and um, it is, is a bit too long. Did some anti-vax stuff in there as well, which annoyed me. But um, the thing with Lloyd Banks is that he's almost the antithesis of um, modern hip hop. He doesn't he doesn't really use social media. He doesn't really promote himself. He's just there. He's unproblematic for the most part. Just lives his life and. I think it's one of those things where he doesn't need to rap. You know, he seems to have enough in his life to not need to rap. So I think this album was a bit of a, um, oh, what's the word? A bit like a bit of redemption for him, really, because when you talk about, when you talk about G-Uni, he's kind of forgotten about, and he managed to get Benny the Butcher and Freddie Gibbs on it. So from that point of view, it was nice for him, but I'd have given the album three, three mics. Which, it, look, let's, let's be honest, that's still a, I mean, look, five is such a, such a small, like, uh, sample size. So yeah. getting a three is still, a, like, is a good score. It's just that we're like, if it's not five mics, it was like, trash. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think you're right, T. I feel like Lloyd Banks is, like, a rapper's rapper that, like, is very respected amongst his peers. And actually, in a way, it was nice to get some love from the current crop of artists that people respect, you know, like the Gibson, the Butcher, and people like that. Because it does it does just kind of say, like, yeah, we respect we respect him and like you should too kind of thing. So it does give him that validation. And there was a good buzz around the album and it's just good to see like just fucking barsmen just, just dropping albums and just bringing that, that lyrical stuff that those artists we mentioned are doing now. And he's just like, yeah, I can, I can be in the mix with that stuff. So I think that was nice to see. Cause I, I do think it sometimes is a shame when 
they're either on the sidelines being all bitter mm. or just trying to do something that's not their lane and it just backfiring and being a bit cringe. It's like, just do what you do best and just like give it a modern twist. And I think he's done that. He's done that pretty well. So I think, yeah, I think a a three is a very solid score and probably like pretty, pretty accurate. So, and if you adjust for Cal's um, like Lloyd Banks bias, like, you know, if you adjust for that, like in golf, right? In like a handicap system, it's probably about the right score. 17 and a three. That's probably, it's probably about right. Yeah. Yeah. So averages out to like a 12 out of five, which is, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is, so, yeah, a lot more realistic. To be honest, I was touched that T even listened to it. That's a win for me. That makes it five mics on his own. Yeah, there you go. And and to all those people listening, if you haven't listened to it, give it a go. It's pretty decent. It's a 17 out of five mic album. Well worth a listen. Um, okay, talking about new albums, there was this week out of nowhere, basically, uh, Kanye West dropped, I guess, like, not really dropped a new track, but essentially it was a, was it a Nike advert specifically, or was it for, I don't know what it was for, but it was a promo with um, the sprinter. What's her name? Shikari. Uh, Richardson. Yeah. And it was like <clears throat> her in the, um, the running blocks, like ready to burst out. And this new track that no one had heard before, like in the background, uh, which like loads of weird things about it. First of all, like, isn't he like associated with Adidas? Adidas. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, what the fuck's he doing in a Nike? advert nike advert i think people were like oh shit maybe, maybe easy's gonna move back over to nike let's see what happens um but also it was like oh fuck we're gonna get this donda album which i feel like that was talked about ages ago like oh he's gonna release an album called donda and it's gonna be about Ooh. his mom and then it just disappeared and then he released the whatever it's called god is jesus album the fucking yeah. gospel one yeah jesus is king jesus is king thank you t so I want to know, because we, I feel like this conversation comes up a lot, just generally on like hip hop Twitter and hip hop community a lot, which is like, how interested are we in a new Kanye release these days? And like, what are the expectations for this album? Because actually now I am reminded that I heard what I think people are calling a leak off this Thunder album ages ago, like maybe two years ago. Mm. And it was sounded amazing because it was like pitched up sound sample old Kanye West. And it was like, this is going to be one of the tracks on Donda. And I was like, fuck me, if that's what it's going to be. And, that, and in my mind, I was like, what he's done is he's gone through all of his mum's favourite artists growing up, all the, the soul and Motown and jazz artists that she liked, and he's sampled them and made songs. And I was like, in my own head, just creating my own fan fiction around what that could be, right? And I was like, fucking hell, yes, I'm into it. And this is just like kind of brought it all back, which is like, cool, maybe he's going he's gonna to do something like that. Um, T, what are, you, what are you expecting from this album? Are you excited? And, and what do you think we're going to get from Kanye? My expectation is is fairly low. Having said that, I think hip hop, the hip hop community, is invested in in not so much the old Kanye, but a good Kanye album. Mm. And I've had I've had debates all the time about you know the life of Pablo and um, Ye were perfectly good albums. I can't ride of that. I mean, Life of Pablo had no more parties in L.A., which is probably one of the best songs Kanye has done. But I'm invested in. Him releasing a good album because I love Kanye. It's a bit like Kendrick Lamar. I mean, he's the album Damn really let me down. I didn't enjoy Damn at all. And I'm hope. I mean, I I don't think he'll ever make Section 80 in it, Section 80 again because of the nature of the artist that he is. He's always moving forward. But I think when you mentioned the pitched up samples on Donda, like the, and the leak that you heard, I mean that kind of gives us hope. 
But it's like one of those where the league, you get all the leaks and then the album comes out and none of the songs are on it because you couldn't clear the samples. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, I think Bulletproof Wallets by Ghostface Killers is probably the most famous example of that where it, all these songs leaked and then the album comes out and it's just, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, it happened um, It happened with Lupe Fiasco as well. Not for the samples, but like the album got leaked. Was it Liquor and Beer or whichever one it was? Oh, and then it was like, everyone's heard all the songs. Yeah, Beer and Liquor. That's it. And then it was like, oh, fuck, I'll just make some new songs and release them. And it's like, but you had a brilliant album. And I had the leaked version. I just thought that was the original. And then someone like put it in their car. And I was like, what the fuck are these shit songs? Like, the one I've got is fucking <laughs> Like, what the fuck's this? And I thought they had the snide copy. Because I was like, well, obviously, this is the whack shit. Like, why have you got that? Uh, um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. How about you, Cal? Like, what's your, are you excited by this? Uh, what's your expectation level, really? Uh, yeah, similar to T, really low, low expectations. He's not made. I think Pablo was probably the last one that I liked more than like one song on, to be honest. Like his last couple of projects, I've like, I'll listen to him because it's Kanye and you want to give him a chance. I'll just, oh, fuck off. It's terrible. And I just, I, I, play. I, yeah, it's a we play. I never want to, I never listen, I never listen to it again. It gets unticked on Apple Music, so I don't have to fucking see it again. Um, but he's like, it's, it's you know, it's, I'm going to use a boxing analogy here. He's like an old champion. And, you know, he's had a couple of losses, but there's something romantic about the old champion coming back and, and winning winning the title again. And, as, and I've hated on Kanye a lot over the years, and he said some fucked up shit, but he's clearly not a world guy. I'm really happy he's getting divorced from that twat. And I think if, if I think if, anyone can i think if anything is going to inspire him just like the last great album he made uh, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy it was after a breakup if anything's going to bring him back to being the champion he is it could be this he was with amber rose during the album by the way so he hadn't broken up with anyone ah he needs to get back with her then. he broke up with someone after um i think after 808 he broke up his mum had just died have one of you guys got your fans on yes cow turn it turn it off mate I'll fucking turn you off, you dry lad. Bloody loud, man. <laughs> I can yeah. turn I'm, off. Me and T sitting here sweating while Cal's like on the fucking like beach on a bre- having a nice breezy time. I just thought it was his like shit like B Tech mic that he's got there. No, no, no. We're 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 here sweating like real men. And yeah. Cal's got his fucking fan on with his bloody he's probably got some local local young girl overage, not gonna play the piss here, fanning him <laughs> with a yeah, no guilty vibes here. No, 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 no. 16 yesterday. <laughs> Just him. <laughs> For fuck's sake. I don't know if I've heard it now. The thing is, <laughs> the thing is no, no, one's, no one's got this far because Cal's fans put them off. They've probably turned off by now anyway, so but no one will have heard that joke, so that's fine. Um, right. Uh, one last thing with Kanye. Do we actually expect this album to drop tomorrow? Because, because he's got form, hasn't he? There's like loads of buzz, but I don't think he's tweeted anything. And I don't really know where this Friday is coming. Like Def Jam have tweeted it and some other labels are like, oh, Kanye's back. So it feels like people in the industry are aware of it. Oh. And, apparently, and it's the usual thing. Apparently there's like listening parties in Vegas and apparently there's listening parties everywhere. Like, cool. But I, until I see something official, I'm always a bit like, yeah, okay, we'll see. I'm going to be completely honest, John. This is all news to me. I had no idea there was an album coming out tomorrow. I had no idea about the Nike advert. No idea about anything. I'm, this is all news to me. So I don't know. It'd be nice if it's out tomorrow. Um, I mean, there was a week, a few a few weeks ago, where there was loads of good releases on the same day. So I'm guessing Kanye put his back to 
to avoid a clash. But um, I think his albums are a bit of an event, aren't they? Because the day they come out, you give it a listen, you're thinking, has he got it back? And the answer's been no, largely for the last 10 years. <laughs> but you just hope, didn't you? I mean, I remember when I heard Yay and I thought, oh my God, this is like, this is like a baby shitting on a carpet. We've got to clean it. I'm like, baby, what have you done? In your nappy, man, for fuck's sake. That's what I felt like listening to Yay. And even, um, what was it, Kids See Ghosts? Who's that with? Is that with um, Cuddy? Kid Cuddy, yeah. That was rubbish. I've probably got to listen to it again, but uh, but as for tomorrow, if the album does drop, I'll be listening keenly, and I hope it's great. Yeah, and we will obviously in our next episode uh, discuss it in full, see what it's like. So we'll see if it uh, actually does drop. Um, right, let's um, let's switch gears. Uh, we're now going to go into part two. Back in the day. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid. So back in the day, this is where we talk about a story or stories that reference something from or someone from the golden era. Um, I think this is the right moment to say R.I.P. to Biz Marquee. Um, sad moment for <laughs> everyone in hip hop. Obviously, a very iconic figure, well loved. And really sad news of his passing. Um, so don't want to sort of dwell on it too long. We're very much about kind of uplifting, celebrating people's lives and their achievements and that kind of stuff. But um, Tia, I'll go to you first. Any thoughts on uh, on Bismarcky and just kind of his, his life, his career, et cetera? And, you know, it was really sad hearing him in the news. Um, and as I mentioned to you guys in the break, it's not about his discography. It's not about his music. It's just about him in the pantheon of hip hop, you know, his place within there and, and you know, everyone just loved him. And you know, it's part of the legendary Juice crew with Kooji, Rapid, Lily Kane, Master Ace. And, you know, famously, he did the song with, I think Bismarck, so Master Ace has got a song called uh, Just Me and the Biz. And I'm not sure if Bismarcky just couldn't make the session or whatever, but Master Ace did Bismarcky's verse in Bismarcky's voice. And it just always cracks me up hearing that song because it's just, He's got master is rapping in his musical cadence, and all of a sudden he's just doing that, uh, all that kind of throat beatbox <laughs> and stuff. And um, actually, when I, me and Cal saw Master Race live a few years back, and he performed that song, and I fucking loved him performing that song because everyone's just got a soft spot for Bismarcky, and it wasn't in wasn't necessarily in a patronising way, you know, because when Bismarcky came through, it was all about you know Cool G rap, Big Daddy Kane, Rakim, Cool Keith with like almost out of space ethereal lyrics and you got Bismarcky talking about you know just a friend and picking boogers and he was just such like he's just almost like the other side of hip-hop hip-hop was very serious but it was all about the crop he just came in with almost like the comedy element with you know the beatboxing and um you know he's probably got a song that's been sampled one of the most times in hip-hop which is called nobody beats the biz listen to that you just recognize bars all over the place and um it was sad to him passing but there were rumours that he'd passed maybe a few weeks back, so that mm-hmm. soft wanted to blow someone because you, you knew he was, um, you know, at the end. But it's sad, you know, um, someone drew up a list of rappers who have passed in the last year or so. I don't remember the list that well, but, you know, Black Rob's in the list, Shock G, DMX. Um, MF Doom. Yeah, MF Doom. Oh, what's the guy? Gift of Gab, he passed away as well. So it's just, it's a tough time for hip-hop because it's, 
you know, as we've said throughout this podcast, you know, over the last couple of years, it's a very young genre, and we're at an age now where the first generation of rappers are are getting old, and you know, some of them probably signed less than favorable record deals. So they're probably, you know, like in, in in the case of Black Rob, where you know he was ill for a long time, and P Diddy stepped in very late to try and you know save him, and it just didn't happen, and. You know, it's just a shame that, you know, these these um, forefathers, you know, I mean, I, I believe Biz Markie did get his flowers while he was here, but mm. I think it just drives home. They really got to give people their flowers while they're on this earth. Yeah, well said, T. Good shout, mate. Um, Cal, how about you, mate? Any any thoughts, anything to add to what T said there? Uh, it pains me to say it. T kind of nailed it, uh, mm. <laughs> to be honest. I, I think the thing to say about Biz Markie is that he wasn't someone that, he's this guy that was famous a long long time ago or had his run a long long time ago but you would always see his name mentioned like all the time people would say something and it wasn't always an old school guy it might have even been someone more from the more modern era and he was always mentioned he didn't he i think that's just because he was so unique and he was such a pioneer in the genre and in the culture that that his the impact that he had is timeless and he'll be talked about forever because of that um so yeah not much more to say than that really yeah mate that's to be honest that, that I think, again you guys have really like nailed that i think that's to me is the thing that i thought about when i heard the news which is like i actually to my shame don't know that much about Bismarcky or had never really got into his music right but he, he's one of the figures if people are like, oh, most important figures in hip-hop Bismarcky, i'll be like yeah probably like that seems that makes sense like it's a name that is like well respected has certainly like crafted out a legacy like it's a it's a face i can picture immediately when you say the name like it's he is iconic in hip-hop and in music in general and that legendary status i think is like undeniable and will definitely stand the test of time so um so yeah r.i.p to biz marquee um and yeah sad times okay another another story from back in the day we're gonna we're gonna move over to these fair british isles um and talk about a a movement that happened, I guess, like kind of mid mid noughties, um, which was basically for our American listeners. We had like um, T's watching porn again, classic. Yeah. <laughs> I got to send something. You can't wait for one hour to not one hour. It's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Channel U, mate. Mate, yeah. yeah. So basically, um, for our American listeners, you have like MTV, right, which is like your mainstream music channel, and then you have MTV base and like there's some other channels and stuff that are like kind of moving into different genres. But in the UK at that time, it was very much us music that we were consuming, right? You'd have the odd UK artist that would be on MTV. Um, but really there wasn't anywhere for the the sort of sub genres, the UK garage jungle, um, grime that was like a fledgling scene at the time, UK hip hop. They just had no outlet that was on any sort of like mainstream channel. And so uh, a couple of people, a couple of like guys put together an idea of let's create a music channel for British underground music. And it was called Channel U. And there were a few others that tried to kind of imitate it, but Channel mm. U actually became like, you'd go MTV, Box, and then it would be Channel U. And it was like on with the music, other music channels on Sky or on your like cable and Box. And the amount of artists who were essentially unsigned then that are now massive, like like Skepta, Tiny Temper, Dizzy Rascal, to name a few, right? 
Lethal B, and there are loads of others, Wiley, like loads of others we can name, who had records on Channel U before they were signed completely underground and have now blown up. So it's like, it's our, I guess, actually thinking about it, it's our um, Stretch and Bobito. It was the place that like, like fostered a load of talent that ended up becoming massive stars. And they're making a documentary about it. And it's coming out, I think, the maybe in August. And I'm really excited about it. And I wanted to kind of get your guys' input on like, what are your memories of Channel U? Are you excited for this documentary? Did it pass you by at the time? Like, what was the vibe? Um, let's start with you, Cal. Um, Channel U, vibes, go. Yes, I do I remember it? Yes, I do. I remember when, when I remember seeing it. I remember when I was a, a teenager, I used to spend quite a lot of time at my cousin's house. And me and my cousin and my other cousin, i.e. his sister, my cousin's sister's boyfriend, fuck me. Um, he we, he was really into hip hop and he was really into UK stuff. And I was like, I remember walking into you know my cousin's living room one day in my shiny suit, going, "What is this you've got on? Like, what's <laughs> what's this channel? You? This is a bit weird." But I remember, yeah, it was always UK hip hop on it, and we was just starting to get into UK hip hop at that time. Um, spending a lot of time around Oxford Street. What was that shop called? T was it dark and cold? Have I made that up? Yeah, dark and cold days. Like look. um, they had like hip hop clothing and and music as yeah. well. Yeah, look at me. Um, and they would like Skinny Man would do freestyles in there and other UK rappers. And I just remember seeing that kind of content and music videos from from that kind of era on that channel. And uh, no, I am looking forward to watching it. You know, because even though I didn't religiously watch the channel at the time. I'm still looking forward to hearing about it because I love that sort of shit. I think it'd be great. Yeah, and I feel like it's the sort of document because I watched the trailer for it and and some of the like videos and like artists that were popping up were making me crease because I was like fucking hell, I've forgotten about some of these tunes, uh, and it really like just made me laugh because I was like actually I I probably was <laughs> quite into like that scene at the time, but now it's like something that I hadn't really gone back to so. It's just, it, I think it will jog a lot of memories for a lot of people. And I think, like, from a nostalgia point of view, it's something that's very British or very, like, uh, yeah, very, very British across like multiple genres, like grime and, and garage and a few other like bits and pieces there. Um, how about you, T? Like, was it something that was like on your radar at the time, something that you're looking to look, look back on? A lot of it did pass me by, to be honest. Um, because I think at that time I probably didn't have cable, so yeah, a lot, but um. I was, I was into the music that was on it, whether it be like more Fire Crew, where Lethal Bizzle started out, or, um, you know, Skepta, as you've mentioned, and, and other rappers on there. And um, it's nice that um, we're telling our own stories. I mean, they're not just um, Black Britain, but just like m- modern Britain, because um, a lot of the stories you hear are, you know, about how Jay-Z made Black Album or how Nas made Ilmatic. But it's been nice to have our stories from our perspective and, you know, something that, the UK fans can touch and feel because with hip hop um, in the US, it's, it's over there, you know. So when they, you know, so when NWA do fuck the police and we feel it, but we don't feel it that keenly. And there was, I don't even know if I've even retold the story, but there's a podcast that Skinny Man was on um, fairly recently. And um, before he went into prison, someone offered it to just do a little short video for him for Cat of the State of Mind. And Skinny Man said, yeah, whatever, I'll just, just do the video. So he does a little video, and Skinny Man's in jail. So he comes out of jail, and he's at home watching Channel U, and all of a sudden, Catalyst State of Mind video comes on. Because you know, it was like the box where you ring in to get your video to be on to be on the TV. And um, 
it was nice listening to him talk about that because, you know, the, a lot of the album was written while he was in one prison stint. And, you know, just kind of the fact that he made it on there just really filled him with pride. And um, I look forward to seeing the documentary because, as, as you said, as you alluded to earlier on, John, there's lots of rappers who we know about, whether it be Dizzy or Tyler, but there's a lot of rappers who probably won't even be remembered. But people who are really into that scene will remember them. You know, it's like, um, and I'm into my 90s hip hop, but no one's ever going to mention trends of culture. So it would be that equivalent for for fans of grime and UK hip hop around 2003, 2004. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it coming out. Yeah, I mean, actually, it's funny to say that about Skinny Man, because on the trailer, I think he's basically retelling that story. And he was like, yeah, basically, yeah. it was like walking down the street and someone comes up to me. He's like, you're Skinny Man. He's like, yeah, how do you know that? And I'm like, Channel You. And he's like, what's Channel You? And it's like his video was like one of the highest like uh, rated videos on there. But it was also pretty funny because it was like people could text in and like send messages to like, it's like, J- Jerome, if you're listening, I love you, babes. <laughs> <laughs> Kisses and stuff. Just right around the bottom of the screen, like a little ticker. And like, there was like little, you could, uh, if I'm not mistaken, like, sorry if I'm getting this wrong, but I'm sure there was like, you could buy text tones. Like, right, like, yes, yes, yes. And it would like, I would, I would be ringtone, shout out. Oh, it's fucking classic. It was so classic. So, I can't wait for this documentary. For me, it's going to be really nostalgic. I'm really looking forward to it. Also, I want to want to see who's made it because I want to make a documentary about how the UK garage scene was like like one of one of the first and like best and biggest transformative genres that that came out of basically London and then became like a UK thing. I've got, already got the title, and if anyone nicks this, we will know because it'll be recorded on here where it came from. I want to call it "The Land Before Grime," right? And I want it literally to like it, like chronicle from how it started from like the kind of house scene into like two step, and then into garage, and then become commercial garage, and then becoming grime, and like ending at the point where you know the first grime record goes to like becomes a big hit. And so I want to make it. So I'm going to find who's made this documentary and I'm going to pitch them Land Before Grime and hopefully we can make a documentary about UK Garage. That's, that's the plan. You've imagined upstairs, downstairs. <laughs> a, a documentary hosted <laughs> by me, John Bat. <laughs> um, we normally segue into our halftime hype uh, playlist, or well, our artist, but we haven't got one this week. Uh, not because we didn't get loads of submissions. We have, and we've still got some to go through that we need to listen to. We've had some that are just garbage. Uh, <laughs> so we, we won't play that. And we're still getting through some. So if you've sent us in, thank you for being patient. We just want to take a little bit more time, try and work out the orders. But we could always do it more. So if you are an artist, whether it's like hip-hop, UK hip-hop, R&B, grime, anything that's just like interesting on that kind of spectrum on on that side of music, Reach out to us. You can get us on Instagram, Notorious POD, Twitter. You can go on our website, www.notoriouspod.com. You can send your music through there and questions as well for the pod. So reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who's making music and is maybe like, oh, I don't want to publish anything. I'm not sure. Like, is it good? Send it to us. If it's good, we'll play it and we'll ask people to give us feedback on it in like in the next episode. So you can get some proper like sample size of your target audience's response to your music if they say it's garbage that's on you right there's, there's no guarantee that people are going to like it but submit a size also if people want to recommend us artists that maybe aren't like unsigned but maybe are just a bit unloved right and just want to have some promotion it doesn't have to be unsigned artists right we, we've had people on before who've got a deal but we just want to like promote them so again point us in the direction of some unloved hip-hop that we can we can stick on the halftime hype playlist 
Uh, and it's on Spotify if you want to have a look at it. So just have a little look for that. Um, all right, let's just have a very quick break uh, because part three is uh, the choice is yours. So this is uh, the choice is yours. This is a choice between two things and why. Could be an album, could be artists, comedians, sneaker brands, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, we'll try and keep it as relevant as possible to the week of recording. Um, we're just going to keep it nice and simple because there's a versus coming up between two uh, two hip hop groups, Dipset versus the Locks. Mm. So I wanted to get some insight from you two about about this because when this came up, I was like, oh yeah, this is really exciting. You know, Jada Kiss, Cameron, Jules Santana, like this is going to be fucking great. And then. T basically just pooed me off and was like, yeah, who gives a shit about this? Like, like I couldn't name you a single Dipset song. I was like, I oh. couldn't. All I, all, I, all I know about them is that Cameron would have a flip phone. He'd be wearing pink. He'd be doing this like weird kind of staccato freestyle into the camera. But I don't know. I'm sitting in my bedroom, lamp in front of me, mask over there, sunshine over there, raving. People need shaving, but it all sounds really, really cool. Yeah. And the, the thing, the thing of Cam one, and then I mean, funny enough, the other day I think he mentioned the bar on um, the famous body Georgie, which is um, fuck that, I don't give an f. And in another stuff, the bar doesn't make sense, and it's stupid, but it's not about the words in the bar that it makes sense. It's about you know the flow, and it's about keeping things going. It's like. Sort of like a throwback to early hip hop where random people just grab the mic and just say rounds at the bit. And I think I'm guessing it was a bit of a throwback to all of that because there's no one else like this at the time. They had all the you know, USA clothing and but it was just so fucking New York, you know. Exactly. Um I exactly. think this is this is the verse that will appeal to a certain subset of people and uh, but I, I you know, I, I don't. I'm not hating on it. Yeah. To be fair, I, the only thing that is a real throwback is your internet's gone back to the modem era. T. <laughs> oh, for God's sake! Really? <laughs> yeah, it's juddery. It's very juddery, but we'll, we'll we'll we can hear you, so we'll bear with it for a bit. Um, do you remember? Do you remember, John? Do you remember when Shine did that diss track about Fifty Cent over the prison phone? Yeah, it's, it that's was... what T sounded like there. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't as good as that, was it? I mean. That was that was fairly potato. I thought we were getting close to another um, classic uh, 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 moment for a bit, but all the restrictions I've done should be recorded face to face now. Anyway, (laughs) yeah, I know we'll work that out soon enough. We just baby steps. We'll get there because it will be much better when we can all be in a room together. Because the last time we did it was in my old office, I think, and we now don't we now don't have that office. It was that long ago. So um, wow, yeah. Cal, I'm going to bring you in here. Uh, yeah. I do feel like the locks, not as much, because they do kind of, they they kind of were at the, the tail end of the golden era, right? They were kind of around with Biggie and around with like Bad Boy in that time. And then they kind of carried on through to like, uh, carried on a bit further. But Dipset were definitely later, right? There was kind of like a, a later period, kind of late 90s, early noughties vibes. So I think T's right. They they will this particular verses will appeal to a slightly different crowd to some of the you know the other ones that we've seen um, previously. What's your interest level in this? Like, were you ever into Dipset or the Locks? I was not really into Dipset. 
really. And I know our friend Taylor Pibbs, who always sends us really good questions, is really into Cameron and is really into Dipset. Um, but no, I wasn't really. I like Cameron. Um, he did that track Killer Cam. I really, really like that. And he's done some really, really good stuff. He did that great. He did that really good verse on the Beanie Siegel track. I think it was called On the Run, Wanted. Um, that was really good. So I like them. I like Cameron. Uh, I like the odd track here and there, but I'm not massively into Dipset. Well, the thing that was notable to me is that it's at Madison Square Garden, this show, which is a fucking Shit. big venue. Huge. Which is, so is this like a... So this makes me think, because, you know, I think America are a little bit further ahead than us in terms of restrictions and coming down and stuff like that. It makes me think that it's almost like a concert, but with the Versus brand name, which I think is really good. It's Great. really... It's yeah. good for, like, guys like Dipset and guys like, you know, The Locks. Because I think if they did a concert without... Before Versus was a thing, I don't think they set out a Madison Square Garden. I don't even think they set out half of a Madison Square Garden. Maybe I'm being really naive and they're massive in New York and, you know, they are both... Both groups are from New York after all. But I, I think they would struggle to do a venue like Madison Square Garden without this branding of Versus. Um... And it's interesting, you look at Dipset, there's been a lot of kind of, you think about Dipset and it's like, Cameron's always been the consistent. He's always like the boss, if you like. Jewels has come in and out. Jim Jones has been in and out. And I couldn't tell you the rest, really. Um, you know, I'm not, you know, I couldn't tell you like the rest of them. You've got like 40 Cow, it was Hell Rel a part of them as well. And uh, Max B, he's in, I don't know if he's still in prison. Um, like they've had people that have dropped in and out. Whereas if you look at the locks, the locks yes. are consistent. The three, it's three guys, they've never beefed with each other, or at least not publicly. Um, they've always stayed loyal, they've always consistently made music. There's not been a breakup, it's just consistent. Um so yeah, it's interesting. I'm not a massive fan of the locks either, really. Yeah. They never should have yeah. taken the shiny suits off. That was their problem. Yeah, <laughs> they were trying to be too too uh, non-commercial. Big mistake in a puffy organisation. I um I am really excited for this because this is kind of two groups that I really like. I totally agree with you. I mean, on paper, this isn't close. Like the the locks are fucking like considering like a three person group. Okay, it's a bit of a weird comparison, but just like a small group, so like a duo or a three, they're well up there, like as strong as it gets. Like Styles yeah. P and um, Jada Kiss, like. That's fucking decent. And in a versus setting, I think the idea of like these two groups being in one venue and just playing essentially their best songs in one venue together, I, I do think it elevates the status of both basically and makes it more interesting. Plus there's all the social media shit like Styles P is proper kicking off. Um, and it's all it's all getting a bit like kind of tasty on social media, which is all which is also pretty interesting. I also really like Dipset because they were basically making um, like a lot of the production was quite uh, early Kanye esque. It was also like pitched up soul samples, and they had an edge that made it like quite easy to listen to. But it was very unapologetically New York, and that's why I like both groups actually because they're just proper, properly New York. So I'm kind of excited for this. Like all of them, I won't watch it live. I'm not like. None of these are worth my time to stay up and watch. I will watch them back probably because I'll be interested to see what they play. I, and we had this discussion and maybe this is where we take the chat now is my issue is with the format because I actually am, I think you're right. 
if you've got two groups like this where they've already got a decent fan base, you put them together and say it's essentially it's the greatest hits of the locks and dip set on one night. So you can sell out a venue for that. Some of the smaller setups and with some of the other artists, I don't really need to see them just play their best songs in the same room as someone else playing their best songs. What I would like to see is you go, right, DJ Premier's, DJ Premier's coming down in the middle and he's going to play 20 of the best, of his favourite or the best hip-hop instrumentals from anyone he likes. And Jadakiss, you're going to fucking go against Jewels on this track. Or like, and it's just like a posse cut type setup where it's just, it's just people just dropping fucking bars going, just going over in random instrumentals because no one's seen that before. I want to see like Jadakiss go over like uh, 10 Crack Commandments instrumental and like Cameron go over that. And they're both going over it with like freestyles or famous verses of theirs. That to me is like where it needs to go because I am already a bit bored of like, it's just the greatest hits and like 10 songs each of their greatest hits. Like I can just listen to that on Spotify. Don't get it. Okay. T, anything, T, anything to add on that T? If you're there. Um, no, I think, um, I think the verses format probably just, just needs a bit of a rethink. It's probably going to evolve into being concerts as Cal mentioned it being at um, Madison Square Garden. And I mean, what you said about over famous beats, it'd be like um, old grime clashes where, Mm. And you'd have the beat and you either put famous verses over it. But the Ice Cube idea that he had, uh, let me just get it up here. Well, I think he just wanted it to be like um, he played, because there's rumors of uh, Ice Cube going up against Scarface. So maybe Ice Cube plays the best 10 Scarface songs and Scarface plays the best Ice Cube. So it's like an appreciation of the old school. And mm. that's actually quite noble and quite cool. But as you said, I could go on Spotify and do that. So yeah. Difficult to see where versus go somewhere. I mean, maybe Timberland and Swiss Beats got out at the right time in terms of selling it to to Trilla. Yeah, I think they've definitely they've definitely done the best out of this out of anyone um, with that deal. And I I think um, to to keep it compelling, I think they've got to keep it interesting. Because I do I also think as well like we're going to hopefully be coming out of like lockdown scenarios and people are able to go to shows and the idea of like oh my god, it's basically a gig with an artist playing their songs. Like, yeah, that's what a fucking gig is. Like, it's not actually <laughs> anything different to what we normally yeah. get. And, you know, before, like, COVID, there were loads of tours that were, like, the best of R&B, and it'd be, like, 112, Jagged Edge, and, like, Faith Evans, and you could go and see it for 20 quid. Like, that's what it used to be, and that's basically what this is. Like, if Dipset and The Locks were playing in Brixton for 20 quid, I'd, I might go, but I'd also just be like, mm. So... They've got, I think it's got a shelf life. They got it. They got it. To be fair, if they were in London, I would definitely go. But you know what I mean, right? If you're, if you're really like coming out of this the other side, eventually it's going to catch up to a point where people are going to be like, actually, this is just going to a gig. So who gives a fuck? Um, all right, let's get into um, the final part. It's the questions. This is a section where we answer your listener questions. And because we've been away, um, we've basically, uh, scarcity has like driven the price up, basically, right? We've created demand by keeping ourselves, we've played hard to get. And as predicted, they've lapped it up and they've chucked loads of questions. They missed us. Um, mm. so I'm going to let you boys pick from the questions that we had and let's, um, let's see. And if we can, we can shed some light on some of these questions. Uh, let's start with you, Cal. 
Okay, I'm just going to have a little look here. Um, I'm not going to pick my question. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's probably wise. And actually, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this one because I my answer to this I probably said two or three times before. So I'm gonna ask you guys it. Uh, it's from Tommy Cordery, Corduroy, sorry. Um, one rhyme about killing someone or violence that you'll always remember. It's a great question. Uh, I know what mine is, and that's why I wanted to ask it because it's really obvious. It's the it's the Nems one where he says about nothing in the end. Oh God. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, that's that's that would be my one. So uh, over to you two, really. I can't uh, think of anything immediately. I mean, oh, I've what, got I do one. Me- what I do remember that um, there's a rapper called CB who's actually inside yes. now. Did a did a freestyle on um, I think it might have been Fumes, and I think it says you know I killed your mum, your nan, and even your ne- even your niece and nephew kind of raw. <laughs> And the thing with um, this Fumes series is that, so you've got Fumes behind the boards, you yeah. know, producing, and you've got the rapper in the booth. And even Fumes' face is like, what the fuck have you just said? <laughs> you know, so that's probably the one that springs to mind. There's probably loads more, but yeah, CB, you know, free him, free him, free him. <laughs> I've got another one, actually. If, if John, you're struggling, I'll nah, have more. I've got Go on. one. Um, it's it's my it's one of my like favorite uh, favorite lines in general. Um, it doesn't it doesn't really make a lot of sense, but I just really I've always really enjoyed it. And it was always the bit where you put more emphasis on that line because it's just fucking aggressive. Um, Riz's verse on protect your neck uh, when it's like um, <laughs> attack the globe with the the buckus style, the ruckus, ten times ten men committing mad sin. Turn the other cheek and I'll break your fucking chin. Oh, it's nice. just vicious it's vicious and i also like the fact like i don't know it's just layered up with like turn the other cheek is what you're supposed to do and he's like if you do that i'm gonna fucking break your face and i just like the aggressiveness of it Counts. it's so, proper geezer vibes in it it's not a classic drive-by there's no shooting there's no weapons it's just i'll fucking iron you out son well the thing is if you say it like um brick top from snatch you turn the other cheek and i'll break your fucking chin it's just geezer yeah. in it and if you you know if you do if you go Lenny McLean, it's even more gay. You turn the other cheek, boy. I'll break your fucking chin, son. So I think it works on a lot of levels. It does. Uh, so you can ask a question now. You can pick one. Um, I like this one from Brady, from, from John Brady. Mm-hmm. And it says, which rap would you like to see manage the England football team? <laughs> That's great. Hmm. Tough one though, tough one though. Uh, I'm assuming we can. I mean, first of all, I'm going to go. It's got to be someone English because you know that's just the way I am. I want an, an Englishman to manage the England team. Um, I want someone who's got a bit of like a bit of an edge. I think we've we've been you know Southgate's a bit too nicey nicey. Um, so I want to go for someone who could inspire the troops with um, with a bit of just like he could be a mad genius. So I'm going to go for Wiley. Because I was gonna fucking pick it. Have <laughs> <laughs> that, you mag. Um, my second choice would be someone like Chester P, because I just think he seems like a sensible bloke who would know what to do and get get things done. Oh, good to have another think now, because because that to be English. I was thinking of someone like um, someone like DMX, because DMX are going to be a bit like a Bielsa, and they sit in the bucket. And then when the game ain't going his way, they're going to the dressing room punch a few walls and then come back out of his knuckles bleeding and say, fuck, fuck, 
and then the players just like see him screaming, then they just get their polish it together and just get it done. So um yeah, I think I think I'd love to see a just really angry, dysfunctional manager. And I think DMX could be DMX is like hip hop's Bielsa with the influence. So I'll pick DMX. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Because you know, international football is not so much about like, you know, day to day stuff. They've just got to inspire them for like a tournament. So yeah, maybe that's a good shout. How about you, Cal? What's, who are you thinking? It's easy. Pete and Bass. Pete and Bass is a great shout. Fuck. Long ball football. Hard Brexit oh. football. None of that fucking European shite. Lump it up there. Get it up the Crouchy. Can you imagine them as well? You know, like when they do the, the briefings before the games and they're showing them footage and they're just showing them footage from 66. Here go. Here go, Kane. Smash it in like hers. <laughs> yeah. Sm- smoking beds <laughs> and edges. Just going, fucking get into it from the first minute, son. Yeah, that's what we want. That'd be great. Pete and Baz, if you're listening, we backed you. But the thing is that you get modern footballers spending another aftershave, but the England team comes out spending the fucking cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, spending just, the, like Lambert and Butler. And warm lager. Just yeah. fucking, yeah. All Training kit sponsored Duke. by Marlborough. <laughs> and, the, and the sleeve sponsored by Skull. Yeah. <laughs> it's all even English, uh, bro. I don't know, probably not. Fucking any... it's, it's, it's got to be like something like, like a calling. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe most Spencer right. just do the suits and the kits. Make a kit for us. Yeah, that'll yeah. do. That'll do. Cool. Any other questions from any of our listeners that we want to cover off? Uh, there was one other one, actually. Let me just find it. One that was about going into space from John, from John Brady, which is... Seeing as all the billionaires are going to space at the moment, which rapper would be best suited for going into space? Ooh. Soldier Boy. <laughs> he does everything first. He does yeah. everything first. Soldier Boy. Yeah. Buzz Aldrin, he stole my whole fucking flow! <laughs> <laughs> line for line, oh, Bob! <laughs> Definitely, has to be Soldier Boy. I actually picked Snoop Dogg. Ah. He's always high as a kite anyway, and I think he'd probably treat it with the reverence that he deserves. Mm. I feel like Soldier Boy would be like, make it all about him, but I feel like Snoop Dogg would do a little crit walk when he's in space and, you know, even do a little freestyle, you know. He'd probably sneak in some, you know, contraband in the house that while he's in, in the, what, dildo-looking spaceship and just like, mm. spitting bars. Nice. Yeah, yeah, probably like probably have, probably have a little porno in the background, you know, going on as well. You know, I got like you know two two really thick girls going on. Yeah, sneaking after me. Mm, fair. I'd go. I'd go for like um, Andre three thousand. And what mm. I would say, take your flute and we'll do a live stream up there. Because um, I feel like he's the sort of guy who would just be like, I haven't been inspired to write anything for ages. Now I'm on the moon. I've recorded an album up there. So we might get like some sort of new project um, from him, which would be quite cool. Um, yeah, I'd probably go for that. I'd probably go for that. I, th- I could see Wu-Tang performing on the moon. It's just they do everything. They, yeah. they are... They're cultural gods and they do everything. And we actually got another question, didn't we? You know, I, I mentioned him earlier, so I feel it's only right to answer all the Taylor Pibbs questions. And it was the, which living Wu-Tang member takes the stinkiest dumps? <laughs> I think... <laughs> which, which when we put on the on the um, Insta stories, um, Poo-Tang Clan, which is a simple pun, um, but it's effective. It works. Yeah. It works. I think you, God. I think his diet is disgusting. Yeah, and it could change his name to U Bog. 
Perfect. <laughs> or you log. It's even better. <laughs> you log. Jesus Christ. Fuck's sake. log. That should be the title. It's yeah. not good. It's not, it's not worth me naming another one now, is it? Because what's the point after that? Yeah, I don't know if we're going to get better than you, God, being you log and doing big shits. Um, all right, boys, I think that's um, I think that's it. If you've enjoyed the episode, then um, show us some love. You can leave us reviews and stuff wherever you listen to your podcast. We'd really appreciate it. We've got the website. It's actually nice. Like, it's a decent, proper, real website. Um, go and check it out, notoriouspod.com. You can send us your suggestions for halftime hype, uh, questions for the pod. Just generally reach out to us. All the episodes are on there. Um, everything you need. There's also articles by James Holder around hip hop. Um, hopefully, he'll be putting something out for us uh, soon as well. So keep an eye on that. And yeah, just generally keep in touch with us on the socials: Instagram Notorious Pod, Twitter Notorious Pod. Uh, you can find me at the Real John Bass on all socials. Cow, where can people find you? Uh, at BC the Grand Slam everywhere. I actually have an idea for Hive Time Hype. I think we should pick the worst song and gun it for like 15 oh. minutes. I don't fancy getting shanked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, once, yeah. we once said on a on our pod that we would like try and bring on a postcode war, um, which if we actually start gunning people's music could actually happen. And I'm not sure if I'm actually ready for that beef. I'm too I'm too pretty for prison. Got yeah. no time we, we, we'll keep it to podcast beefs. We'll just beef yeah. on podcasts because yeah. they're harmless, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're the one beefing at them, Carl. I'm not interested. <laughs> Why are you I shook like, for? <laughs> I like I, I shook. I'm, I'm just all about love. Yeah. Fuck that shit. Yeah, I like fueling it because it's just funny. Uh, I really like the idea of having a, like a fake stealth beef. And then because when you go, oh, but it's not real beef, that's like, oh, it's mind games. That's fucking mind games. So I love it. I love that it's always bubbling away there. Um, so yeah, we'll do that. Um, T, if people want to find you, mate, where can they find you? Thelonious Filth on Twitter and Instagram. Don't follow me anywhere else because I won't follow you back. I won't follow you back anyway, but yeah. Thelonious Filth, like Thelonious Monk, <laughs> the musician, and Filth is in Filthy on Twitter and Instagram. Get on it. Beautiful. And after our little hiatus of the summer, we, we needed a break. We needed some time. We're going to be back to every other week. So, um, so yeah, we will be back on regular time. So keep your questions coming and just keep reaching out to us and we will deliver you some of the finest hip-hop nonsense that we can think of. So thanks for joining us and get ready for the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Notorious P.O.D., a hip-hop podcast. This was a hip-hop forum episode, so a special thank you to Cow and Team for their insight as always. Big up to man like Grindhouse, who's made all the theme music for the show, so please follow him on Twitter and show him some love, at Music Grindhouse, and on Spotify by searching for Grindhouse, that's G-R-I-N-D, house. Please remember to leave us a review, or as we call it, your five for five. So give us a five-star review, and in return, you can leave us your top five favourite MCs of all time. Remember, we'll be adding all the songs mentioned and featured in our episodes on a Spotify playlist. So if you search for the Notorious Podcast Joints, you will find it. If you don't already, please follow us on Twitter at NotoriousP underscore O underscore D. On Instagram, we're at the Notorious POD. And follow me on Insta and Twitter at the Real John Bass. That's J O N B A S S. See you next time. Peace. Peace.